This is episode 11 of Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. You know what? No one's perfect. We were never meant to be perfect. In fact, we were meant to make mistakes now and then. But sometimes I think we forget that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset. The focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Let's talk about the fear of failure and what failure actually really is. Is it something to be feared at all? Whether it is or isn't, everybody has dealt with fear of failure from time to time. It can be debilitating. Sometimes we fear letting people down, not being our best, being misunderstood. Parents fear their kids not turning out well or, or making the wrong choice in life or something will go wrong because of something that they did. All of these fears, even if they try to push them back and never talk about them, are real. And the fear of failure is real in kids too. I can tell you firsthand that kids have developed anxiety that lasts for years when they worry so much about if they're going to please their parents and if they'll live up to their expectations. So that's why I think we should look at failure and really wonder, how should we approach failure? Because in reality, failure is going to happen. If we're moving forward in life and we're trying and we're making positive steps forward, at times we're going to trip. We're going to fall flat on our face and we're going to not live up to our own expectation, let alone the expectations of others. But the difference is, how do we stand back up and what do we do once we fail? Do we fail forward or do we hover back and choose to let it stop us in our tracks? We can practice failing forward on purpose. And we can realize that it's okay to fail because failure can lead to success Without a good failure, how can we learn? Learning needs to take place. And learning sometimes comes from us having to look at a mistake, unpack it, and choose a different path. I remember a student that I counseled recently, Joseph. I have to tell you guys, I do change the names of my clients for the sake of confidentiality. So we're going to call this client Joseph. Joseph was a sixth grader, and he sat before me because his mother had asked if I could talk to him because she found out that he was dabbling in self-harm. Now, luckily, she had caught it early, and he was scratching himself, but he hadn't actually cut the skin, and that's good. But it scared her. It scared her a lot, and that's why she reached out to me. And she said she wanted him to be able to talk and find out because he had said he was depressed and he was sad. So I brought him into my office. And I said, I want to talk a little bit about when your mom found out that you were hurting yourself. And right away, Joseph was like, well, it figures she wouldn't talk to me about it. 
It figures that she would send you to talk to me about it. She hardly even talked to me at all. And I said, well, since she did ask me to talk to you, why don't you tell me about it? And he did tell me a little bit about his feelings. And he had told me that he chose to stop. He said, Miss Kretz, I know that my mom told you about this, but I just need you to know that we do not get along. Our relationship is trash. He said, we don't even see things eye to eye, and she doesn't even seem like she cares that much. All she wants me to do is be the man of the house and work, and she just gripes at me, makes me do things. And I said, hmm, well, I wonder if you can ever think of a time when she did show that she cared about you. And he said, well, I did overhear my uncle saying that she cried when she found out that I was hurting myself. And to be honest, that's why I stopped. I don't want my mom crying. And if it hurts her, I, I, don't, I shouldn't be doing it. And I said, well, you must care about your mom a lot to completely stop what you're doing when you found out that she was crying. And he said, well, of course I care about her, but she would never know it because I can't show her that I care because she's just always working and busy and yelling at me. And I said, well, what would you do if you could show her that you cared? If she did give you a minute, what would you say? And he said, well, I guess I would tell her thanks because she does make food and she does do the dishes and all that kind of stuff. So I guess I would tell her thank you. And I said, what difference do you think that would make if you told her thank you? And he said, well, she doesn't act like she even wants to be thanked. She doesn't even act like it. But I don't know. It might make a difference. And I said, I wonder if you could try that. And he said, okay, all right, I will. And we made a plan that he was going to say thank you to his mom. Whether he felt that she deserved it, whether she was working a lot or not, that he was going to choose to say thank you at least once every single day. And that part was just between us. But I did talk to the mom briefly, gave her some resources for outside counseling. And then some time went on. About a week later, he was up to some mischief and got in trouble in the after-school program. And he was looking to get kicked out. And the mother was there early to pick him up. And I went into the office and I said, hey, how's it going? And she said, I am just fit to be tied. I've tried everything with him. I know I need to be strong because I'm a single mom. And I need to show him that I mean business. But the more that I do, the more he seems to act out. And I tell him that I have to leave from work and that it's a, it's a hassle to be able to come down. And now I don't even have daycare. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. And I said, I know, it is tough. And sixth grade is a really tough age for a boy. And I wonder, have you noticed anything different since we've talked? And she said, well, I do notice that he's been thanking me. I don't know what to do with that. And she just kind of chuckled. <laughs> I don't know if she knew that I had told him or not, but... She just said, I don't know what to do with that. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I think Joseph really needs you. I wonder if you could think about some different things that you could do. Obviously not right in the middle of getting in trouble, but some different things that you could do to build a relationship with him during those times when he's not in trouble. Have you ever thought about that? And she said, well, my biggest fear is that I'm going to lose him. She said, I feel like he could be lost to the streets and he could be lost to, to just running around and, and I'll never be able to be close to him again. And that's why I'm so tough on him. And I said, well, just remember, he needs you. 
and look for those times that you guys can have a connection. And she walked out. And then some time went by. And I saw him from time to time. But after quite a few weeks, I decided to check in with his teacher and find out how he was doing in class. She said, well, he's doing great in class. He has good friends. He seems to be smiling. But she said, I'm really worried about him coming in late every single Monday morning. She said, Joseph comes in late on Monday morning and he plows into the classroom and says, did you miss me? I bet you guys wish you could have slept in like I did and makes a big old scene. And if I try and ask him why, he goes, what's it to you? You should have slept in too. It feels great. And the kids laugh. And she said, he's so disrespectful. And it makes her wonder, what in the world is he doing on that Monday morning? So I called him out and I talked to him. And I sat in my office and I said, Joseph, what's going on on Monday mornings? And he said, oh my gosh, you found out? How did you find out? And I said, well, Joseph, I know you've been late. And he said, oh, oh, that. Oh, that's all you know. Well, okay. He said, well, I can tell you what I'm doing on Mondays, but could you please just promise to keep it between us? I don't want anyone to know. I definitely don't want my teacher to know. I don't want her to make a big thing about it. And I said, yeah, of course, of course I can. And he said, well, a couple weeks back, my mom came to me and she said, you know how you said you were upset now and then and that you got depressed? She told me she gets depressed too. And she asked me if I'd be willing to go to counseling with her and then we could go together. And she said we could go on a Monday morning. I could miss school and then we'd have breakfast. And I said, well, I mean, can't say no to that. But you know what? I've really liked it, Miss Kretz. He said, I've learned that my mom goes through it too. And then we both have bad days. And he said, now I feel like we're in it together. I feel like I got her back and she's got mine. Those words warmed my heart because he realized that he did, as a matter of fact, have a relationship with his mom. It was just buried between both of them trying to move in some direction and failing. But finally they decided to start failing forward. No longer did they stay stuck in their ways of, of digging their heels in and choosing to treat them the way they deserve to be treated. Something different happened. Something changed. And you can imagine that mother, that she had to have so much strength within her to choose to look at this situation differently. How much easier would have it been for her just to keep digging in her heels and being like, right is right. I just need to keep disciplining him and taking things away. And this is just the way it goes. But no, she had the courage to step back and realize that she did have fear and it was the fear of losing him. And that fear drove her to positive change. Wow. Now that is a picture of failing forward. Now, many people want to make excuses for things that are going wrong. I've heard it all the time when people want to blame others or blame circumstances. I don't know, blame coronavirus, blame something. Rather than stepping back and saying, maybe I can do something different. Maybe I'm the one that needs to make a change. Things can be different because of the change that I make. It's not just a maybe. It's the truth. When we make changes, 
we are beginning to move forward instead of backwards. We're beginning to take our future into our own hands because we can start to say, I'm moving towards the direction of a brighter future. And the only way I can do that is when failures come, I learn from them. I can't imagine how much that parent learned through the experience of humbling herself to go to her son and let her son know, I hurt too. And you know what he did? He gave her grace. You know, parents, we need grace because we are not perfect. We never will be. And we do need grace from our kids. And that's going to come with relationship, not from showing our harsh side and digging our heels in and having a yelling match and making sure that they respect us. Wow. Respect is a big word. And where does it actually come from? It comes partly from the ability to be able to show that you have control over a situation. Yes. But it also comes when someone can look at you and say, wow, look how they handled that situation. And that is the way that I want to handle a situation later. And therefore, I respect them. Think back at some of the people that you really have respect for. I mean, really think about it for a minute. Not the people that you're in fear of or the people that made you do uh, something in a certain type of way, but the people you respect. A lot of times you respect them because they made hard choices, because they thought about how they would react, and you noticed that the way they reacted to tough situations was different than the way other people reacted. So in much the same way, our kids are watching everything that we're doing. And our first instinct is unfortunately usually just to fall into what we know from our own childhood. Now, granted, sometimes that can be good. The things that we admired about our childhood and what our parents did, we should keep. But the things that weren't so great, we should throw out. But unfortunately, sometimes that switched. Sometimes we forget to do the things that we respect that our parents did. And the things that pop out in moments of stress is exactly the things that harmed us when we were children. The ways we discipline how do we want to discipline and how do we actually discipline? There's no better time than now than to decide that because you can change if there's something that you need to switch up rather than make excuses for it or just say, that's how I am. You can change. And when you change, you'll get more respect from the people around you. You see, I think we should let our kids see our failures. I believe that we should say, I messed up, and not be worried about doing that. It's not as hard as we might think. Our mind is saying, no, don't show them, don't tell them. You made a mistake, but let's just brush this under the rug. Sometimes, the most powerful move you can make is to say, that was a goof up, and now I'm going to change it, and this is what I'm going to do instead. Now think about Joseph's mom, and think about her fear of losing him. She had great courage to face her fears. Sometimes we do need to face our fears head on. We need to realize that sometimes we're acting out of fear. Sometimes we're communicating out of fear. 
And the thing is, our kids can sense that when we're communicating with them out of fear. If we're scared that they're going to get, um, that they're going to fail out of school, maybe, let's say when they're a little bit older, or even just that they're going to have bad grades when they're little, and we're scared of that. We approach their grades completely differently than if we have hope for their future and we believe that they can do better. There's a big difference between you saying, you know what, if you keep this up, you're going to get all Fs and choosing to say, all right, you're getting a D now, but that's one step away from a C. And I wonder if you worked really hard, if you could hit a B. I bet you could. It's all in how you approach it. Both of them shows that you care about it, but one is coming from a place of hope for the future, and the other is coming from a place of fear. When you communicate because you're coming in your heart from a place of fear, your kids sense it. Your spouse senses it. The people around you sense that you're coming at it from a tense place. That's the place of fear. The result it will get is people not being sure if they're going, they're going to also take on that fear and they're going to wonder if they're going to fail. And it just continues the cycle. Instead of that, you replace that fear with hope, hope for the future. And that's such a wonderful way to feel. And that is something you have to stop and say, you know what? I'm going to have hope. You need to say, what kind of adult do I picture my kid being? Of all of the good traits they have, what would I love to see them be as an adult? And then treat them like that person that you see, like that most perfect version of themselves that you can see. Then treat them as such. You know, when they were little tiny babies and they're sitting in your arms and you just picture the person they're going to be, it's almost easy to do because you haven't had to get them in trouble much. But when time goes on, fear kicks in because we see all of the flaws that every human has and we see that they don't always rise to the occasion they don't always say the right things and then is when we begin to change the way we communicate so instead let's choose to communicate through hope and communicate through the preferred future of what we want our children to become then the kids, your kid will be able to let go of their fear. They'll be able to say, I want to live up to that expectation. I want to be that person that my mom believes that I am. And if I fail, I'm going to jump right back up and I'm going to keep going. And not only are they going to feel that they can keep going, but they'll begin to let go of the fear of failure. And as they walk through life, they're going to know that failure is just part of succeeding. And they'll look for ways to learn from their mistakes. And you know what? When we choose to fail forward, something else happens. We begin to have a family that gives grace to one another. And what happens is we begin to grow in grace. I love that saying, grow in grace. Because we are growing each and every day. And if we grow by giving grace to each other, and when they've had not the best day, or they're a bit more argumentative, or something fell apart, and we give them grace, they feel that. And so then we're failing forward and growing in grace. And that is a picture of a family that is moving forward to success. Not taking part in the fear, 
but rather than that, embracing the change that happens each and every day. Now, when you're a parent that is really growing from grace, you're going to be more compassionate. You're going to give chances, and you're never going to give up. Do you think your child knows that you're never going to give up on them? That's got to be something deep within you that you know in your heart and you tell yourself each and every time you watch them, even make the smallest mistake, I'm never going to give up on them. I'll always believe in them. And I say, hug them. Once in a while, give them a hug and just tell them, I'll always believe in you. They will take that little nugget with them everywhere they go into each relationship and each conversation and each school assignment, they will know that there's someone in my corner, someone that's got my back, and someone that's going to give me grace if I do fail, because they know that I'm going to pick myself back up. Now, most of you know that when I do my kids coaching, I use the concepts found in Big Life Journal and many of the products that they have. And I'm very fortunate to be able to endorse them and be an affiliate partner with them. It's mostly because I would only endorse a product that I believe in. And the concepts in this book are exactly the concepts that I teach. And in order to illustrate part of how we can help our kids, I'm going to actually read a bit from this book. Some of you might already have it. And if you do, then it's I'm starting on page 27 of the Big Life Journal, um, the one that's designed for kids up to age 11. It's the big white one. And those that you don't have it, that's fine. You get to hear me right here talk about it. It's called Mistakes Help You Grow. It's normal to be afraid of failing. Almost everyone is afraid to fail at some point. But What if you see your failures and mistakes differently? Not as things to fear, but as experiences that help you grow and eventually succeed. Ponder that with your child. Have them begin to look at their failures differently as opportunities to learn. Now, a little bit later in this book, there is... On page 36, actually, if you have it, there is an activity that I'd like you to do with your child. And it's all around the concept of bouncing back. Now, what you need to do is get a ball, a ball that bounces, not one that stays on the ground, and then bounce it and talk to them about how the ball always comes right back up, doesn't stay on the ground. And then make the analogy that we can be like that. When we have problems and we go down, down, we can just bounce right back up like a ball. And then you ask them this question. Even get out a paper and write it down just like it does in this journal. And say, can you think of a time when you bounced right back up just like this ball when something happened to you that got you down? And allow them to find that memory in their mind. And it will give them proof that yes, they do have resilience and they can bounce right back up when something harms them, when something hurts them, when there's a disappointment, when there's a failure. This is an important step of removing the fear and replacing that with the ability for them to say that when I fail, I can learn from it and I can come back and succeed because of my failure. Now, what happens if your kid has had a failure and you see that they're just really down in the dumps? 
and they're really sad. I want to let you know that the quicker you can move them to a place of moving forward, the better. Because kids can struggle from depression, like Joseph had told me, and deep sadness, especially when they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. They don't see a way to fix it. They don't see a way to solve a problem. They're going to just choose to go into the sadness and stay there. So please notice if your child's doing that and then be the change agent for them and go over and tell them that it's okay for them to keep moving forward. Tell them the things that you're proud of them for. Tell them the things that you notice that they're gifted in. Stand in the gap for them. And if there's some things that you're doing that aren't working, just like we noticed with Joseph's mom, choose to make the courageous steps to make a change. And don't wait. Do it today. Because it could completely change the outlook of your family and you guys can become a team. Both having each other's back, not working against one another. Kids deal with all kinds of emotions. But when it comes to their sad emotions, they can fall into a depression that can lead to not only self-harm, but also suicidal thoughts. And I want to implore you to take those seriously in every regard. Kids as young as third and second grade can quietly ponder if their life is worth it. And if you hear them talk about that, don't hesitate a minute to get help from medical professionals, from counselors. Reach out to the suicide hotline. I'm going to leave that number, the National Suicide Hotline's number, in the show notes, and you can look for that. The bottom line is that's part of being a great parent. Never fall into the trap of brushing aside and being like, eh, they're kids being kids. Rather than that, face up to it and talk to them about it. They really do want you to do that. They just don't know how to tell you. They want to hide those emotions because they think it's wrong and they think that they should be stronger than that. But you can be the parent that tells them everyone's weak sometimes, but that's when we need to lean on others and sometimes get help. And then they'll start developing the skill of handling that sad emotion or even a strong fear that they have. It's a skill for them to learn how to deal with it in such a way that they can grow. Don't be scared to deal with these hard things. And I realize it's hard to have those tough conversations, but it's a lot harder if you wait until they've been dealing with those hard emotions on their own for such a long time. But rest assured, it is never too late to make the right choice. And the moment you see a sign that they need you or they need help, step in and take action. But a lot of times, just by talking to them, you'll be able to uncover some fears that they're just holding on to that you can help them let go of. Resiliency really is one of the most important skills that every family member can learn. And resiliency needs to happen about everything that we go through in the family. Sometimes we all just fall apart and we're not resilient. But we can look at each and every situation in our family and decide to be resilient and decide to bounce back and decide to lean into our failures to find success and know that success is on the other side of that. Believe it with all our hearts. 
That is being a proactive parent. That's being a parent that has the focused mindset. I know that you guys are still walking through the rough patches of education right now with your kids and most are not going back to school and the ones that are, they look differently. And just have courage. Have courage to know that even if everything doesn't go right, it will turn out okay because you're walking forward because you are moving forward. And I know that you'll keep doing your very best. And let me take a minute to circle back to the Big Life Journal because getting in the habit of writing in a journal every day helps kids deal with their emotions in amazing ways. So check out my link in the show notes to get a great deal on your very own Big Life Journal for your child. You see, when I go through these concepts with a child, they have a coach. You know, it's just like when they're in training for any other sport and I walk them through it and I challenge them on each point. But the truth is, is that a kid can take this journal all on their own and just begin reading it. And just between them and themselves, they will begin to expand their thinking and they'll begin to look at challenges differently and they'll build resilience. I'm glad you've been here with me today for this important discussion, and I have a question for you. Do you know of anybody who might enjoy information like this or might, or might benefit from learning how to fail forward? Do me a favor and just click on share, and then you can copy the link and send it to whoever you want. I mean, you can put it on your Facebook, whatever you want. I give you full permission. And especially that's because I want to grow this thing, right? I want to get the word out to people that there are positive ways. You could just, you know, pop on my podcast while you're cleaning, while you're doing whatever, just to build yourself up and listen to stories. And you guys are helping me grow this. So thank you. And hop on over to my website if you'd like to get more information. It's www.thefocusedmindset.com. And it is coming to the end of this podcast. Go out there, guys. Hug your kids. Have fun. Have a great day. And until next time, take care.